Happy Father's Day. That happened in my house when Rachel was really small. And when I saw that, I said, I'm saving that for Father's Day. So you just thought I was masculine and he-man. I got makeup and I had hair then. She put little curlers in my hair. and She said, look what I've done to Daddy. Don't tell anybody. Even painting my fingernails. Isn't that? And now I'm telling y'all. Anyway, anyway, it was fun. Yeah, we do have pictures, but you keep those, okay, sweetheart? And you, you teenagers come to my house, don't go snooping. Okay. Hey, I'm going to invite the Ensenada, Mexico Mission Team Student Ministry to come forward. They're getting ready to leave next Sunday morning to go build the fifth house in Mexico. Our fifth one down there. And many of them are here this morning. Wow, look at this. And Wait a minute, son. We're going to build a house. You, uh, you're going to be off in place, right? We're going to... No, we're going to pray for some healing, quick. He goes, slide in that way, just a little bit more. Isn't that, how many is this? Y'all count real quick. Somebody tell me. All 15 in this service. Wow, and put your hands together. Oh, yeah, all right. Here they are, the Mexico team. These men, women, boys, and girls will build a house, won't they, Chuck Kiefer? And it'll be built to the glory of God. Man, that's awesome. Oh, man, we are celebrate you. We are giving and supporting and believing and praying for you. You leave next Sunday morning at what time? 3 a.m. Woo! Yeah, you start that mission. Is uh, Randy Williams your travel agent by any chance? Oh, there he is. I love him. Hey, y'all, Randy and Lisa are back from Brazil. Isn't it great to have them home this morning? Amen. Home from Brazil, going to Mexico. Who knows who we're getting up for the next trip? Hey, let's pray over these right now. Lord God, I thank you for these uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, for these young men and women that stand before us. God, we bless them. Lord, we do pray for Josh to have healing there. God, we pray that you'd strengthen them, body, mind, soul, and spirit. Equip them, God, to live their life, to share the gospel, to build for your glory, to be the body of Jesus in Ensenada. God, I thank you that this church has been sending ever since it started. May we help be a part of fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ. God, use them. Thank you for the mission. Thank you for the people that will receive them. And yes, even for that family that will have a home built. God, we praise you for the money that you have provided that this home could be built debt-free to the glory of Jesus Christ. God's family said, Amen. Amen. There you go. All right. Y'all can be seated. That's a good-looking team. All right. Fifteen of them, please, if you don't have it on there, put them on your prayer list. They leave next Sunday. I don't think you're going to get up at 3 a.m., but you might. And uh, But by the time you get up, be praying. And they've got a long, fun, joy-filled, stretching week. Well, this morning, uh, if you've got a worship guide, turn to the back, a place for keeping your notes. And there's basically one basic scriptural text today. It's the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I love this passage. It's all about the marriage relationship and how Christ relates to us and how we need to relate to Jesus and how we relate to our wife. And there's principles that I think really speak to us. And uh, men, so I'm just going to ask you, maybe you're a father, maybe you're not a father, but you're just a man. And I want to speak to men because I understand I've, I've always been a man. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's good, isn't it? So I know about men. When it was Mother's Day, I brought my wife up here because I ain't never been a woman, don't never want to be a woman. And all the men said, Woo! Glory. I'm grateful for you women folk, but I just don't want to do that, you know? But they don't want to be us either, do you women? They're like, no, 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 don't take our brains out. Okay, anyway. 
Um, but some men go, you know, I'm just not as spiritual as my wife. And Don and I did student ministry for almost 20 years. And, uh, and usually, this is a generalization, we have a lot of godly young men that have come through our ministry. And we're grateful for that. But a lot of times girls do take off ahead of boys spiritually. They just kind of accelerate. They, they mature a little faster. And that's not always true because you have young champions for Christ. And when I look at all the men in this place, I just give thanks to God. So we're getting it. But a lot of men are intimidated. So I want to say that up front. If you're intimidated, men, because your wife has been a Christian longer than you, your wife grew up in a Christian home, your wife goes to all the Bible studies when you're out there in the workforce or whatever, you're like, man, she's just so far ahead. There's hope for you this morning. There's encouragement. Because there's a lot of confusion about spiritual growth, and there's even more confusion about spiritual leadership. So this morning, I'm hoping that we can maybe clarify, uh, knock out some of the confusion that is just maybe running through the church rampant. Well, look there in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll look down there about verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And a lot of women, you know, the feminist movement, different ones, they read that and they go, I don't like that. Paul, man, what was his problem? He's a chauvinist. Well, they ain't never read verse 25. Because let me tell you, man, God don't let us off the hook. I mean, it gets tough in verse 25 for the men. And if men, if we get it right, which I don't many times, but when we get it right, wives want to do the first verses we just read. But look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to bring her to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then I'm going to come back to verse 28 and 29. But I want to just kind of get us started here. Look in the middle of the back of your worship guide at a message truth. Here it is, real simply, real succinct. Men are to lead by taking responsibility for and loving the members of their family. From God's point of view, if men don't love their families, then they're really not leading them. You know, uh, one of our members here, Paul Smelly, he's with the Children's Trust Fund. You might have seen him on Channel 8. I was flipping the news the night, and I saw him, and I stopped, and there was Paul. I mean, he's, a, he's an advocate for homes and for dads and for dads not being deadbeats and all these kind of things. And we know in our world, a lot of men have, uh, they've relinquished their uh, responsibility. And that's what I want to say from this platform. Men, we have to be responsible. I'm going to nail that over and over and over today because I think that's a biblical mandate, not just a, a biblical thought. A verse that I've always um, loved, and, and these aren't going to come out, so you, uh, so you need to write them down. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. That great man Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that passage, and I've tried to adopt that as one of my life verses, because I know as the husband, as the father, as the priest of my home, not as just pastor of Christ Community Church, it's my responsibility, it's your responsibility, men, to lead your homes, to hold up Jesus Christ, and say, hey, this home is going to follow Christ. And it starts with you, men. doesn't start with the ladies. And in so many homes, it starts with the women. And I praise God for godly women and godly grandmothers and motherly influences. And, and I wonder many times, where would the church of Jesus be if it wasn't for women? 
It wouldn't be where it is today. They have advanced the cause of Jesus. So this is not to ever undermine, put down. It's to elevate. It's to push up women. But it's also to say, men, get up off your spiritual duff and go to work and love Christ and lead your family and build champions and build those little boys and girls for Jesus Christ. Man, I'm passionate about this. But here he is. Uh, Joshua, he was a leader. All through Scripture we see leaders here. And the Bible places the burden squarely on the shoulder of the husband. Did you hear that? God places the, the burden of proof, the burden of responsibility on us men to lead our homes. You're saying, well, my wife, if she was just more spiritual, if my wife, if she would just get up. No, it's your responsibility. Men, do y'all agree with me? It's a privilege and an honor to be called dad this morning. Man, I do. Man, I was so excited. Go in there and the girls have this, we have this ritual where we give presents or gifts or love one another. And man, we're running a little behind this morning. But they said, Dad, slow down. We want to present you. And you know what? When your girls have got little sweet presents wrapped up for you, sweet, whatever. And, uh, and you go running in there and you sit down and you take out a few minutes because man, you want to make sure that you're going to receive their love. Because, man, they have blessed me over and over, just like your kids do you. But I want you to look at this. Four indicators for being a spiritual leader. Now, we could give you a lot more, but these are only four that I want to look at. Because there's two sides of this. And I want you to fill it in. Being a spiritual leader is both positional and it's practical. It's a two-edged sword. It's a position from heaven given by the authority of God. And it's very practical in nature that you live and walk it out. And as we look at this, we're going to try to see what God says to us here. Because the husband, it says the husband is. The husband is something. He has a responsibility. It says Christ is the Savior, but the husband is the head. By appointment from God, the husband, the man, is the head of the home. And the men said, and the men said, Men, we are defined by heaven to be the head of our home. Don't back off that. Don't give it to your wife. If she's not headship, you're headship. Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of the body. And he's called men to be the head of the home. That's why America's so messed up because we've just said, well, I'll relegate my authority and responsibility to my wife, to the women folk. And the women said, we'll take it because you you're a bumpkin, you bubba. Go back to sleep. And, and you know what? And I wonder this morning, how many Bubba's are home sleeping in their bed? Too many. That's right. Some of you are going, preacher, can we pray for my husband right now? No, no, that's not my role. I can just see him come walking in late going, he called me. Yeah, I called you Bubba. Okay. All right. So, but, uh, we understand from God's vantage point, God appoints the men to be head. And that's a, a humbling responsibility. Because in this first passage here, and I'm not going to dig off this, he just says, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And she lovingly submits. And I know women say, I hate that S word. That S word's very punishing. That S word's very tough. But when husbands lead, when husbands love, when we choose to do it God's way, there's blessing. Look at the next blank. God created marriage, therefore God owns marriage. The covenant is given from heaven, from the Father of lights. And if he creates it, he sustains it. He owns it. And I think the reason the divorce rate is so high, we have not seen our biblical positional position in Christ and what God says about marriage. So we think it's a world contract. It is. Let me tell you this. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. Write that down. Marriage is not a contract civilly, although it is. It's much higher. It's a covenant between you and a person, between you and Almighty God. Verse 23. For the husband is ahead of the wife, as Christ is ahead of the church. So God gives you authority, husbands. 
But he also gives us responsibility. Now look at number one. Men are responsible for all in the home. And you're going, huh? You got to be kidding. Men are responsible for all in the home. Now I'm going to say this. Women, this is not for you to go, that preacher said, it's all your fault. Bubba, no, 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 no. It's not for women to beat up on men and blame them for everything, but men are responsible for the home. Do we get it now? Because some men, we've got... And some of you, you need to send all your friends to our website and say, listen to this message. It'll encourage you. You women will be having coffee over it. Men are like, man, I don't like that guy. But the bottom line is, I want to make sure we do it biblically. Because when we do it biblically, we get it right. Appointment here. Because you see, men, when we stood at the altar of God's church, if that's where we got married, and we said, I do, God conferred on you, Okay, here's authority, and with authority comes responsibility. You're like, could I redo my vows? Too late. You've already submitted to this, and you're saying, but hey, it's something to be cherished, and, 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 but don't take responsibility. That's what we gotta do. We can't dodge the actions that God's got for us men. We need to say, God, I accept this responsibility. I want to do the right thing. I want to take responsibility for my wife and my kids, a group of people. I don't want to delegate it. Now, we can delegate some things, but we don't want to delegate everything out and not have any responsibility for the home and always point at her and go, it's your fault. Because here's, here's what a president said one time. The buck stops here. Husbands, the buck stops right there at your life. At Christ Community Church, the office I hold is pastor. The buck stops there. A lot of times I'm like, I wish somebody else had come in here and pick up the buck. And in the home, sometimes you want to go, I'm going to give it to my wife. The buck stops with her. She's much more articulate than me. She's smarter than me. We already knew that. You don't have to confess that. You just have to go, God, I'm the head under Jesus Christ. I need wisdom from heaven. You know, the Bible says God gives generously wisdom to all those that ask without finding fault if we ask God. So, men, we got to start asking God for wisdom. I ask God all the time, I cry out, God, give me wisdom. Wisdom to lead my family. Wisdom to lead the church of Jesus Christ. Wisdom to get out of this mess. Wisdom to do this. And God always fulfills His word. So, don't refuse to take the lead. Response, filled in. Responsibility and respect go hand in hand. You're saying, well, I've got the authority. Now I've got to take responsibility. And a byproduct flows out of that is respect comes into your life. Your wife will respect you. For many of you in this room or people that aren't here today or that listen by way of the Internet, they might go, I'm not respected. Well, ask yourself this. Why are you not respected? Have you not led? Have you not submitted to Christ? Have you not said, Lord, I want to take this responsibility seriously? Or you've just always kind of pushed it over on her? And, and so in the process, you've lost your influence. Number two, spiritual leadership begins with assuming responsibility. You say, I want to be a spiritual leader. I'm a dad. I'm going to be a spiritual leader after today. Well, you got to do this. you got to accept responsibility. And when you take that, God does something here. It's, but I hear people go, it's the government's fault. It ain't got nothing to do with the government. It's the church's fault. It ain't the church's fault. It's your responsibility, men, you and me. Do you agree with me, men? Some of you are going, man, I love this stuff. And some of you are like, this is too bold. This is holy boldness. I pray for holy boldness from this platform. I do not have time to pacify your ears and make you feel good. I've got a responsibility to get you holy in Jesus Christ and get home with joy. I've been to a lot of funerals lately. I did a funeral this week. And I'm going to tell you what, that's what it is. And having a testimony for Christ and living out and having a legacy that will follow you that gives praise to Jesus. So here it is, men, we take responsibility. But we blame, we blame our wife. We blame our kids. We even blame our dog. 
We blame our president. We blame somebody. We blame, blame, blame. Let's stop it. Let's accept responsibility. And that's hard. I don't know about you, but some, sometimes it's okay for me, but sometimes I don't like always admitting I'm wrong because I'm wrong a lot. But we have to accept responsibility. You're going, I'm going to let my wife take the heat for the problem, and we're going to do it in public. Man, don't do that. Don't shame your wife. Don't do it in public. Don't let your wife take the blame. Or don't go, we're always late. You know women. That's not right. Now, she's got, you saw the video. She's got more stuff to put on than we've got. So give her a little grace. I mean, when you got a head like this, it don't take long to get ready. My days of blowing up hair dryers are back on. They're in the past. The Bible says, forget that which is behind and press on toward that which is ahead in the future. I'm pressing on. And in heaven, me not having hair bothers everybody else a lot more than it does me. I'm kind of enjoying it. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. So we know, and we, and we don't need to, and, and, and the problems at the church. Ah, there's problems at the church. There's problems in the White House. There's problems in the mayor's office. There's problems at the gas pump. Problem, problem, problem. Just go to praying and quit talking about all the problems. She made, in the garden, God, it sure was nice out here walking around naked and having fruit and everything was really good. But I'll quit. And, uh, but she, she ate the fruit, God. She gave it to me. It's her fault. And you know what God thought about that? Tell you what, both of you going to get thrown out of the garden. Adam, buck up, son. Now that, that's what, when you're reading the Hebrew, it has this, it doesn't, it doesn't say that. But, but that's basically what it says. Hey dude, get after it. See, we all been blaming everything on Adam. And it's, uh, uh, this is my ultimate. It's not fair. Life ain't never been fair except in the garden. And when the, when the garden, when we had the fall, it ended and fairness will not come back until the kingdom of God. Amen? So just quit worrying about, well, it just ain't fair. What? You know, I think God goes, oh, poor baby. Here, I'll give him fair. All right, anyway. So, men, to you and me, let's exercise responsibility. Let's take initiative and honor Christ. Because when, here it is, when a wife loses respect for her husband, the home is in trouble. When a wife loses respect for the one that she calls husband, the marriage and the family tends to go disarray and it tends to kind of, swing out of control and it's a new orbit it's not a healthy place for christ so we have to be responsible i agree man men we're not perfect are we men and women i'm not even going to ask you if we're perfect because we know we're not but we do have to take responsibility number three husbands are to love their wives as christ loves the church that's the admonition from the apostle paul he says men you've got a holy duty a holy responsibility a pattern here i've given you a model love your wives honor her bless her he christ demonstrates his love for us you see here's what i love about jesus jesus took responsibility for me jesus took responsibility for you and at the cross jesus didn't go if they just weren't so sinful father jesus took all our sin the bible says he that knew no sin became sin for our part, that we might become the sons and daughters of God. And let's give Him praise right there. Jesus Christ became our sin. Our payment, our atonement. Christ accepted responsibility. And if Christ is your and my example, and He accepts it, then we've got to accept responsibility. 
But a lot of times like, well, I guess, because we want to blame the devil. We want to blame the dog, poor dog. We want to blame the car. We want to blame our boss. No. And don't blame your wife. Don't blame your kids. You know, you ever heard that little thing? The apple don't fall very far from the tree. How many of you got some patterns like your parents? How many of you are proud of some of them? And some of them you're like, yeah, I wish I could get rid of this. It's called an Adamic sin nature. But we do become like him. So here it is. Christ says, man, be the spiritual leader in your home. Lead. Love your wife. Don't manipulate her. Don't coerce her. Don't beat her down. But sacrificially love her. It's a beautiful example. You're saying, well, pastor, I'm not married. I'm single. Well, there's still a biblical example for here. Love other people sacrificially as Christ loves the church. In this church here, whether you're single or married or widowed or wherever you find yourself, love the body of Jesus Christ. Love and pray for those that persecute you. Love enriches. Love expands. Love brings the glory of God to the house. To lead is to love. There it is. Circle that on the middle of your outline. To lead something is to love it. See, I love being pastor of this church. And I get to lead, but it means I first have to love it. And I love this fellowship. Christ died for this fellowship. Christ loves this fellowship. Christ called this fellowship into existence. And as long as He gives me help and joy and passion, I want to lead this fellowship. But to lead it is to love it. To lead your home is to love your home. To lead your family is to love your family. It's not to be absent. It's to show up. Leading and loving your spiritual leaders. You're saying, well, I'm not as spiritual as my wife. No, 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 no. You didn't get it. You can lead by loving you can lead by serving. You can, you can learn the Bible. You can learn some facts and get Bible knowledge. That's not my goal so much. I want to get you into the Word of God and love the Scriptures like the Bereans. But I tell you, we got so much Word around here that we don't have many doers of the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that. I'm glad you agree with me whether you did or not. That is the truth. Oh, we know all kind of biblical facts. i got to tell you something. I could care less about biblical facts until we start doing biblical doing. I'm fired up. Let me tell you about this. Kids crew. I keep fussing at you. I'm going to fuss at you till you get it one day, folks. You get here late for worship. We need to show up on time to give Christ our best. We come if we even show up for kids crew. Can I tell you what happened in the hospital this week? I'm sitting there waiting on Kathy Murphy to have her surgery. I'm sitting with her daughter and Mike and some people, Earl and Deb. And you know what Jennifer told me? She sings on this praise team. She talks about how her kids talk about what they learn in kids' crew every Sunday morning. How Jesus Christ is shaping their life for Jesus. And it can't be said about all our body. It's absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous why we cannot get up early and make sure we make the most important appointment of the week to be in the house of God in time, ready and fired up to love Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, church, and I hope you get so mad at me right now. And if you say, I'm going to leave the church, then just don't let it bump you on the way out. I'm fired up, church, because we're not giving our kids what they need. They need Jesus. They need to have Him shaped and fashioned in the church. And this ain't in my notes, but right now I'm so passionate about it. I'm tired of seeing our church. We just a sweet little church on Ryan Road. Passe. Passe bull. I'm going for Jesus. I want to attack hell with a water pistol. When I do funerals, I want people to have testimonies, not, well, pastor, I think they had Jesus 40 years ago, but they live like the devil. Has anybody got it now? Okay. And I'm going to tell you what. 
You go to churches and feel good. Go ahead. But I want you to be like Jesus. That's my job. I love what Aunt Graham Light says. Just give me Jesus. That's what I want. Ask Jen this morning. Do you want drugs or do you want Jesus? She's got Jesus now, okay? Some of you are like, wow. This pastor's passionate. And let me just tell you this. Don't tell me this. Pastor, you got so much passion. We just love your fire. Well, let me love your fire. How about that? It ain't about my fire. I got fire. I'm looking for the fire in the house of faith this morning. Amen? I'm looking for our church. And today, let me just go ahead and tell you how to live out this message. Go and sign up today for children's ministry and for nursery ministry. And go, count on me. I want the church to be the church. Okay. You're saying, man. I, I don't apologize. I'm, I'm praise God. Some of you needed that. Some of us done love to sleep going, we got a sweet little church. We do have a sweet growing church, but it could be a lot more. Wow. Glory to God. Some of you are like, man, is he through? No, I'm just getting started. Just hold on. Okay, here we go. All right. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Some of you have been praying that would have, I would have an eruption up here one day. As long, long as I don't have a cardiac, I'm okay. You know, Ken, I just don't want to have a cardiac up here, you know? But I can't think of a better place to go than to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here it is, verse 26. There's a word there, henna, in the Greek, talks about purpose. Christ gives himself up for a purpose. Christ gives his life. When we give our lives for our wives, when we give our lives for the church, it becomes better. There's a new quality. There's a new depth. When I treat Donna with sensitivity and I quit worrying about my needs so much and I concentrate on her needs and when you love your wife and you concentrate on their needs more than yours and you become sensitive to them and not so sensitive to you, things are better. The Bible says we become one flesh. We tune in with intensity for our wives, man. Man, that's an awesome thing here. Spiritual leadership is love. We lead our family. We follow. Women, you follow your husband because they lead you. Allow the Word of God to wash over you. Allow the Word of God to penetrate you. Allow uh, Christ to become the most important thing. Allow your wife to be more important than you than possessions. Is that a word for anybody today? We like this worldly stuff. I like worldly stuff. But I don't want to be more important in relationship. And number four, let's get there quickly. Men are to be growing with an active prayer life. You write out your prayers. You journal your prayers. You pray in the spirit. You pray in the shower. You pray in the car, the truck. You're faithful. You persist in prayer. And you go, I love to pray. And men, it is your responsibility to pray. Perseverance is needed. And perseverance is no guarantee that God will do what you asked Him. God will do what He wants to do. God's ways are not our ways. God's. How many of you are grateful this morning that God did not give you everything you asked for? I mean, there's all kinds of things I ask God for. And then I'm like, must be sin in my life. i got to check it. Let me see. I didn't get it. Well, I didn't need it. And then it didn't always get a quick answer. Sometimes I just have to find out, God, you didn't give it to me. But the ultimate line is you want me to be obedient. And here's, I want you to write this thought down. Pay attention to your prayers. Would Jesus sign his name to your prayer petition that you're asking? Would Jesus sign his blood? For your prayer petition, because it is not selfish, it is not about you, it is about glorifying Him in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that's why I get so passionate about the church, because I think our church, y'all, can I just tell you, I think our church is the most unique church in the river region, and I think we have an opportunity to reach hundreds, yes, even thousands for Jesus. And until we get out of our little proverbial comfort zone called the church and really begin to share. Can I tell you today, I preached a funeral Friday and an entire row is here from the from that funeral. Praise God. Amen. 
I got another couple that came up to me. They go, you know what? We're going to come to that church. Hallelujah. So I got to get on the funeral circuit or something. I don't know. I'm just that crazy, Randy. When you come on, if I need to go do funerals, and I don't even really like funerals, I can be honest with you, but I love Jesus. But if I need to do funerals, I'll do it because if it'll grow the church, but you find out what you need to do, and let's do it together, and let's watch the kingdom of God explode. Amen? Amen. There we go. Glory. Man. I'm lost in my notes. Who, who, who is praying for this unbridled holy fire to come today? I'm thankful for it. I'm a little lost right now. I'm not being a very good orator, but I'll get back there in a minute. But I don't really want to be an orator. I want to be a vessel of Jesus. Let him use me. So would Jesus agree with my prayer? Praying for your wife is the most important thing you can do, man. I take my job as Donna's husband seriously, and I pray for her because nobody will pray for her like I do. And I pray for my kids. I pray for them all the time. And I have a mental image when I pray for Donna, when I pray for Rachel and Hannah. It's like I kneel before the throne of heaven and I present Donna and Rachel and Hannah to Jesus. And I make petitions for them all the time as their earthly priest. Are you doing that, man? You're so well, I don't have time for that. Well, then start today. Start making time to present your request. And you know what? Little boys and girls, what if they catch mom and dad praying sometime? Or they catch you dads praying. Dad, what are you doing? Praying for you? Wow. That's a legacy you want to leave, isn't it? When you die. My dad prayed. This morning I got sweet little letters of affirmation from my girls. There's nothing much better than that, is it, Donna? I said, Dad, I love you. Dad, you're the greatest dad. Dad, I'm so glad that you modeled Jesus for me. Hannah sits there and she looks at her and says, Dad, you're going to cry, aren't you? <laughs> Tears just flowing down my cheek. Rachel's my, a little more reserved when she's like, Are you, is he crying again? And reading her, that's coming down the cheek. I don't care. Just cry. I'm glad they love me enough to give me a note and give me a gift. Whoever said, Yo, goat, I'm going on. See ya. <laughs> Yo, geezer. No, they love me. I love them. Is that work? Is this working for anybody but me? Amen. Listen to what Bill Butterworth said. Let me do this quickly. I like this. What fathers want most from their children? Three things. You just got to write it in there somewhere. What fathers want most from their children? They want their kids to listen to them. How many of you want your kids to listen to you? Jimmy, do you want them to listen to you, brother? Amen. Do you, do you want them to listen? You, Brother, Randy, do you want him to listen? Cad, do you want, hey, y'all just look around. Terry, do you, Earl, do you want him to, Brad, he wants you to listen. <laughs> Brad, you saying, but I'm grown. It don't matter. Listen to him. And you children and teenagers, Matt Boston, do you want your kids to listen to you? Yeah. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Yeah, you want them to listen to you. Number two, you want your kids to succeed in life. You want your kids to go farther and do more than you've ever done. Let me tell you what I know real quick. I'm going to tell you. This is awesome. Matt Bostick was a college basketball player. He's a world champion, world record holder for most three-point NBA shots in a 24-hour period. 
awesome. I went out and watched him when I flew, came off the road from flying somewhere. I don't know where I was. And I came in, I watched Matt and his knees had blown up and he couldn't hardly walk. And then we cheered him on to watch him do it again. He set a world record once again. But let me tell you something really cool. He's got three daughters. They're awesome. But he got Trey man. And I love little Trey. And Trey's a little kid running around with a little backpack on him, always kind of grinning. He calls me Pastor K. I love, I love Trey. And I went up to their house one day. And Matt is so basketball phobic or whatever. He's just all up. They got a basketball goal in their foyer. Or they did that day I was there. And it's cool. And Trey, Pastor K, and he was throwing me the ball and I'd feed it to him. I'd throw it to him. I promise you. I don't know how, how tall is a goal, Matt. Five foot. I don't, you know, you got to remember, Trey ain't been about that big, okay? And it's up here. Pat, little Trey man, he rang ten in a row. I was sitting there going, wow, he's going to blow you away, Pop. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? But don't you want your sons and daughters to do more than you did? I want my daughters to do more than I've done. Isn't that what dads want for their daughters and their sons? You want them to be smarter and wiser and richer and greater and more courageous and more bold and more holy than you are. And the third thing, quickly, you want your kids to please God in all they do. You just want them to please God. Because when you leave this earth and you look down from the heavenly host, you want to go, my kids are pleasing the Father. And I love what Andy Stanley says, assuming responsibility and giving you yourselves is the essence of spiritual leadership. Man, just circle that statement. Start. Do something. Man, that is awesome. Wear shoes you won't feel, Dad. You know, when, when a misguided hammer hits the thumb, when the umpire makes a wrong call and calls you out, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a champion for Christ? This week I won't get into the story, but our softball team had a little skirmish with another church. But let me tell you one thing. A certain man involved, he checked himself, made sure he was crucified to Christ and that Christ was more important than the softball game. And I'm so proud of him this morning because Jesus got glory in that. I'm so glad I wasn't watching the news and I went from Paul to this person getting thrown out. That would have been embarrassing. Okay. Listen. Listen to God. Dad's our approachability quotient. I like that. The AQ. The approachability quotient. What is it? Can your kids approach you? Are you listening? Are you taking time? You know what? That's God's word for this morning. In a great book I want to hold up. I mean, I've had it so long, the pages have yellowed. Uh, Gordon McDonald is a guy that I read when I was in seminary. Uh, one of the best books. One of the books I can understand. And uh, so after that, I kind of started buying some of his books. He's a tremendous writer. And this one, I don't even know if it's in print, but it's called The Effective Father by Gordon McDonald. Any of you dads that want to maybe, uh, I don't know what it is here lately. I've been holding up books for y'all. Last weekend it was Undercover by John Bevere. And, hey, it's summertime. It'd be a great time to read. If you go to the blog, you see that I talk about reading this summer, men and women for the king. But here it is, The Effective Father. I just encourage you to, to read it, and maybe it'll help you in your fathering skills. Well, you know what? I, I could go on and on, but I feel like I've done enough damage and enough encouragement and enough stoking. I pray that somehow uh, you've been motivated this morning. And uh, that's my prayer, is that Christ is doing something new.